I'm going to be sort of uh, going into the time machine a little bit. I don't oh, God! Okay. I'm a fan from uh, from way back. Cool. And you don't all, mind if I get comfortable here, then, do you? Carry on, carry on. All right, good. The backstage is in, in a lot like this, or is this an exception? No, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just played in Seattle. You want to play Seattle tomorrow night? Oh, tomorrow night. Yeah. Somebody told me you just came from Seattle. We did, but because we based ourselves out of there, it's easier to stay in one place instead of shifting hotels and all this crap. I guess you're famous for the amount of touring that you do. How do you do it? I mean, I see the I see the little toothbrush containers and. and I'm traveling light today. So yeah. This because all my luggage is in Seattle. Is it? It is kind of a West Coast center point where you're moving. Yeah, all we're we're here. We're, we played. Uh, flew into San Francisco. Did two shows up near Napa Valley. And then flew, then we had to go back to San Francisco, flew up to Seattle. We do Seattle tomorrow here, route over here, so we drive back, we'll get to Seattle three in the morning tonight, play mm -hmm. there tomorrow. Next yeah. morning, then I take off to, I go to Las Vegas and everybody else goes to Lake Tahoe. Yeah. And we play two days in Lake Tahoe and then we, then we come right back to Portland, play a show and that's... Basing yourself out of Seattle, do you have any other sort of business to do there or people you're hanging out with? Well, um, last night we went to uh, went and saw the Posies, and uh, they're opening for us tomorrow night. But uh, Yeah, they're probably old fans, too. Yeah, we went to the studio. I guess Tom had met him before. I'd never met him. Tom said, hey, do you mind if I bring a couple friends? And yeah. About 9 o'clock, four of us, all four of us showed up. Yeah. Whoa! Funny. Did you know that there was a, a, a little tribute act in Seattle called the Sick Men of Europe? Uh -uh. Based on the old sequel. I told you about that. We've been trying to get a tape of for years. Actually, one of the co-founders of uh, Sub Pop Records was in that act. Oh, cool. I think that they kind of stuck to the first record. Well, if you ever saw Big Black with their their first single, they had out where they tried to they dressed up like us, and it was they did He's a Whore. I was actually looking at my copy of that record today, and I loved the liner notes. Eric von Lustbader wrote those. He went on to be a pretty famous writer. He wrote the Ninja and the. And the Super Ninja and Ninja Three Years. I don't know these big, thick Shogun-type novels that did real well. They're very funny, and I guess it kind of abstracted what was the reality. And we went to the record company, and they said, "Well, we need a bio." We sat down, told them what we'd done, and they said, "That's not very interesting." There's the truth. So we said, "Okay, you want some real facts? Here we go." So then we just uh, just went in and rambled on, and, uh, and they believed some of it, wrote down some of it. Um, to this day, we live with it. Hey, at least it was written by a famous guy. Your manager's last name, how do you pronounce it? Uh, <laughs> I mean, Adam Annie. Because he's, you know, he's been written on the record sleeve since uh, word go. And I was just curious about what kind of relationship you guys had. Well, uh, I should probably take that issue off the tape. Yeah, no, I won't. It's been, uh, overall, it's been pretty good. You know, I'd rather not talk about it because of, there's, there was... Uh, illnesses and there was this and there was lots of things going on so it's like it's more family kind of stuff that yeah uh, you know I wish I could say he's the greatest guy on earth I wish we could say we're the greatest band on earth you know yeah. it's, it's, uh, some of the realities are not as as pleasant as I like to I, I don't you know I, I wish him well and I wish us well and uh, you know when we work well together we work well together when you know it's like a marriage you know? uh, well speaking of which your family is uh, how old are your kids now well, uh, why is that? It's just one of those little kernels of information. You don't have to... Uh, i got two two kids in college. Two, one that's in college and one that's not. Uh, Do people bring up the fact that you were an influence to them on a 
recurrent basis? We get that really a lot. And we, we hear it a lot, we read it a lot, but it doesn't seem to have, it's never helped us. It's sort of like, man, I love you guys. If you love us that much, why don't you, since you're popular, why don't you do one of our songs? It, it never gets to that point, or let's uh, exploit can be a good word. Yeah. Uh, exploit can be a bad word, too. But I think, you know, it's too bad that somebody hasn't really exploited the whole, that thing. There was this SFW soundtrack where somebody does yeah, Surrender. Yeah, with uh, Paul Austin, Surrender. I thought that they were Urge Overkill when I first heard the song, and of course Urge Overkill can't seem to get through a day without mentioning you, you as an influencer. I like those guys. I'm really happy for and they must be doing... I don't know if it's really how much it helped, but having a song in Pulp Fiction sure yeah. didn't hurt. I did a press tour in Europe last year with Tom, and they were in France they were saying, I've read it, it's like a cheap trick, oh yeah, they're the American Beatles, and I said, wow, you know. But see, I, did, I don't know that it helped us, it does, you know, it's like sort of like, the, but it's neat. It's neat that, uh, you know, your peers, well, you know, we're a band's band, we're a lot of musicians yeah. like our band. Speaking of which, I was actually talking to the guitar player from Red Cross. Yeah, and, I saw uh, those guys, they came to see us, was it Los Angeles Vine? Red Cross, I think they came to House of Blues or something. And just absolute rabid fans, these guys. And you can see it in the way they posture and the way they play mm -hmm. and stuff. I saw you actually first um, when you're backing up Kiss, and just remember that you had that it was because shows were much more larger than life than they are now somehow. Like you had to be bigger, and and that's exactly what you guys did. I you know you're kicking your feet way over your head and, and just playing and, and Bonnie whapping the tubs with the with the big sticks. And stuff. It was a different time in terms of rock acts. It seemed like a little more fun. I think I think bands have fun, but they you know it's like. It's the pose, it's the attitude that, you know, we're, we're here to give a message. We're, you know, I sort of like the idea of, I like giving uh, mixed messages and mixed emotions because that's what life is really about. It's not all doom and gloom and it's not all happy-go-lucky yeah. flowers either, so. I remember some of your earlier records, uh, I, I, more, I noticed a tendency for that kind of dark side song now and again, like Vita Zane or, yeah, or O'Candy. Okay. That's cool. That's and, but do you do that much anymore? Look at the last album. The first thing we had was Woke Up With a Monster. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like a pretty, like a heavy-duty nursery rhyme. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not, it's not a nice, it's not a pretty picture. Who is the monster, incidentally? I mean, we couldn't figure out whether it was the woman or the clown. You know, it could be both, huh? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of times we don't like to put lyrics down or trying to explain songs. I think it's, or like even videos. It's like, radio was always the coolest because it was, you know, leave it up to you. You can have some band singing a ballad, and one guy says, oh, gee, that's for me and my girlfriend. It makes a lot of sense. And the other one was like, I wrote one song, and it was, uh, it was about my dog dying. And I didn't say woof, woof, doggy, doggy, bark, bark. But it was, a, it was an emotion. It was like a dog that I had that, you know, you know when it died, it's like, you know, that was not good. You know, I didn't, you know, send a copy to the ASPCA or it, leave it up to the interpretation. It's either a good song or it's not. You, uh, on the liner note, you talked about the, the well of songs that you came to recording for Cheap Trick with, and and then, of course, the final of Hearts yeah. had, the, had the four previously unavailable tracks, the Budokan, two tapes now, uh, previously unreleased stuff. Is there any thought to putting um, putting a longer version of Budokan together? I mean, we'd love to, but, you know, it's like we don't really have the clout to do these things. I mean, some of these things are so obvious, and if somebody would, like I said, exploit can be a good thing. Let's take advantage of the fact that we have all these bands that dig us. Or mm -hmm. The fact that we have all these songs that, hey, uh, just because, you know, kids today, they don't know unless they're like complete f fanatic, 
and look back to the old stuff. I mean, they, they don't know us. I mean, we've been around long enough, or so long, that uh, if, if the new album isn't a hit, they don't bother to go back to listen to the old. Yeah, it's yeah. Good or whatever. So it's, it's a shame, because, I mean, there's lots of, you know, maybe update mixes, and, you know, we have a lot of good stuff. We, we get stuff all the time, and it's kind of, it's not the way we like to be known. I mean, we're, let's see, and rock guitar of the 70s, and, yeah, and yeah. hits of the thing, you know, it gets sold by Time Life and all this stuff. It's like, you know, they sell a bunch of that stuff. You know, how about, be creative, do something with this stuff instead of, you know, whoever wants these things from us. I, I don't know that it really boosts us or helps us in any way. I think it, it, it lumps us in with a bunch of old bands that are gone away. And when we can hold our own with any fucking new band that's out here, no doubt about it. I mean, we were in Japan, and here's at one of the shows, guys, all the guys from Aerosmith show up, and the next night, here's uh, the guys from White Zombie and Pantera. And yeah. it's like, you know, we're all different music stuff, but it's like, they come to see us just because we're good. I mean, it's not every song we have is wonderful. Yeah. We change your life or whatever, but it's like, we're a, it's a good band. You know, and to just flog it off as all these 70 retro rock is like it's it's sickening it's like i i hate this stuff you know if we had ever all the other stuff going on and that too then it wouldn't seem so bad but the things that are going on are just those dumbass things like that how, how does one become big in japan i think it's you know they liked our songs and we had three hit songs over there before we even went yeah the very first time so it's like they liked our image i mean here's four guys not four guys with the same hair, not four guys with the same clothes, not the same four guys with the same tattoos. And the same. We were like individual guys. So a band, I still to this day, I mean, here's a band, you can name all four guys. Instead of, oh, you know, there's a, you name one guy, and the other guys are nameless faces. We were always, uh, you know. You sold the personality of the band. Yeah. I mean, the only reason Budokan record came out, the first one was, because they, we were doing a tribute to the Japanese people for, because we had hits. It was supposed to originally be a double album. Yeah. We were just too lazy to finish the thing. We said, that's only we're too busy, probably. Yeah, we were too busy. And then, and then it wasn't coming out in the United States, and then the imports started selling crazy. So then they said, hey, we better put it out, and then it went crazy too. So it wasn't any big master plan we had. You mentioned the, the radio and the influence of the radio on the point. And I know that this your song on the radio talks about the, the great DJ and that kind of relationship. But that, yeah, I don't see that kind of so dated. It kind of probably was ending about the time that the song came yeah, out. Yeah, I think I, when I wrote it, I think it was, I was writing it more of a nostalgia even then. You know, it's how I remember, you know, like growing up. And really, on Sunday nights, we used to listen to, I think it was called... Beaker Street and Little Rock, Arkansas. They advertised by the Red Bar and they sold incense and head supplies. Yeah. And the first time I ever heard Hendrix, I mean, I pulled my car over the side of the road to listen to it. It wasn't like it was all great music, but boy, you hear a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. And these guys, you know, they weren't maybe so professional. It wasn't slick that I remember it, but it was like, hey, they were playing stuff. It was like, yeah. You miss vinyl? I, I know why I miss vinyl. I, I don't care about the vinyl itself. I always liked the artwork and to look at people and be able to read it. I mean, I, I'm 46. And when I, had, I had to buy reading glasses because I can't read yeah. the fine print. Can anybody read the fine print on those things? Yeah, yeah. Can anybody? And then the artwork, spend all this money, it was great for photographers, and you got to think of pictures, set up a postage stamp. Yeah.
How did, how did it wind up that all, the guys with the long hair were on the front of the no, no, no. records? And yeah, Lenny and I, good looking guys, wanted to be in the back. Yeah, it was, we were having fun with what we were doing. Those were great records, these. Yeah, they were. No, you wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't make the impact. It's like, I I wasn't a big Yes fan, but you know, you'd like to at least see those goofy paintings. <laughs> they would have. The Roger Dean stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like. But now you look at it, it's like, oh, gee, I mean, there's better artwork on a postage stamp. Uh, I had a tape, it was one of these King Biscuit things I taped off the radio back in 1980. And you did a, a bit of a rap before uh, Gonna Raise Hell where you said, beware of the 1980s. It's like, I was right. Yeah. <laughs> Drummers quit drumming, keyboard guitars quit guitaring, uh, we got quit getting airplay, you know, lots, lots of good things happened. Race yeah. before our time, he was gone. Did you feel that was happening at that time already? Yeah, yeah it was... Uh, electronic and dance and, and oh man you can't have the guitars you know, I've heard that shit for so long and I was like now we look like wimps because we listen to a lot of people and did some of the things that people tell us when it's like you, know, you listen to some of the records that are out today it's like yeah. gee manies. I mean that's why a lot of bands you know, like they might well they like our records maybe or they like the songs but I mean, they see us live it's like it's the real thing it's guitar bass drums and a vocalist you know that's that's the way to do it being that live music has always been your strong suit, how come you haven't recorded something live again? Powers that be. You, you've got a lot of the same ideas. This is not like, you know, I'm whining about stuff. It's like, on the last record we did with Ted Temple, it's like, he was really good to work with. I really enjoyed working with because he was trying to get us more guitars, more this and that. And we agreed and all that kind of stuff. And the engineer was like, real important when doing a record. He had three or four chances to come see us. He never saw us play until after the record's been out. Yeah. You know, it's like, how are you supposed to know? You know, like, sees us sitting in a room. It's not the way to see this band. Yeah. And that's why, you know, our most, you know, biggest, biggest record we ever had was a live record. Gee, should we do another live record? Nah, it makes too much sense. I mean, wow, I can never figure it out. Do you remember the, the comment that Kurt Cobain made in the Rolling Stone interview, referring to Nevermind? Is he said he didn't know why people got so excited about him. He said it was just like another cheap chicken burger. Did you like that? It seemed like a good comment. Yeah. Her fans so was much big. You know, yeah. Like, I was in Europe when he got the, the drug overdose, and he was in Rome or something. I said we were doing interviews. Guy, the interviewer, mentioned, oh, the Kurt Cobain. I, yeah, those guys, they like urge overkill. I said, oh yeah. Look what happened to Kurt Cobain. By the time the thing came out, I, I was in Japan uh, and he died. And so then the article comes out and he's like, oops. You did a few songs that wound up on soundtracks. Uh, the heavy metal soundtrack had a couple of cuts. And then songs like Up the Creek and Everything Works, which the full length version was on Roadies. And so, you, ever get to, you ever get to see any of those kinds of songs compiled again? So, you know, man, it'd be cool to get all that stuff. Just him. Even if a lot of people don't buy it, it'd be great to have all that stuff. Because we get asked all the time. Wait, right. Well, if it's up to me, yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. We're working on the artwork right now. Did you see Spinal Tap? Yeah. Steven Tyler said that it really freaked him out. Oh, yeah, of course. Where, uh, those guys and Scorpions, they walked out, this is bullshit. Not funny at all. <laughs> Funniest movies I ever saw. Yeah, I'm somebody who spends a lot of time on the internet now, and having a fan web page is kind of the way things go. Well, it'd be great to do. I mean, it's like we're not getting the input from within, so it'd be great if we'd have something from outside the loop that could be in the loop yeah. by doing, helping us do this stuff. I mean, I had computers when 
laptops first came out, the screens were this big. Yeah. You have to carry a battery pack was huge, and you know it wasn't helping me. What I needed a secretary that was you know computer literate. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know we're on America Online, and uh, Warner Brothers wanted us to do a. It's a Monday night, sort of like a rock line. Sort oh, of yeah, thing yeah, yeah. They have, and want to know if we'd be interested. I got two pages of stuff, and we'll do it at some point. Is there anybody in the can? Uh, there wasn't when I was there. Was it Robin in there? Was no. People thought he was. He was an interview the whole time. I'll be right back again. Okay. Okay.